Welcome back to the Ice Coffee Hour. This is Humphrey Yang, and so far the podcast has made two hundred and nine thousand dollars. Oh my wow. gosh! You're the closest to actual guests we've really? ever received. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Incredible. Yeah, two hundred and thirteen thousand three hundred and thirty-two dollars. Oh. Yeah. I almost said two twelve, but I had watched that one that you did last last week with yeah. the billionaire, the billionaire son. Yeah. yeah. What's his name? Bobby Misner. Yes, Bobby yeah. Misner, and it was 203, so I was like, hmm, I'm going to go in there with like so 209. It's fantastic. Yeah. You're a yeah. podcast fan. Yeah, I watch them wow. all. Not all of them, yeah. but I watch a lot of them. Well, thank you so much for coming on the uh, the Iced Coffee Hour. We're uh, confronting Thanks. a TikTok finance guru. <laughs> Yes. You got yes, you uh, 3.3 million followers on TikTok. Uh, you're a financial advisor as well. I used to be, Merrill Lynch. Nice. And how did you get started? Tell us a bit about your journey. How did you go from financial advisor to TikTok finance guru? How far do you want me to go? Like, all the way. All the way. Yeah. So I was born in the Bay Area, Redwood City. That's the name of the city. But uh, I'll just skip forward to the financial advisory part. <laughs> I graduated from college with a finance degree and from Loyola Marymount University down in LA. And um, I did a tech job for like a year, like a video game job, like customer support. Um, and then what I did was I wanted to always try my hand in finance because I had the finance degree. And I felt like for some reason that my dad would like it because he's very Chinese. It's like, I want to prove to my dad that I can do it. And so I became a financial advisor for a year. I didn't really like it. I didn't do a good job. And I left after a year and then I went back to tech. So I went to into mobile video games. Mm -hmm. And I've always had this like dual passion of like video games and finance and then also just like getting better at things or like growing things. And so I thought growing social media was always pretty fun. And I've always watched YouTube like from a really young age. I was watching YouTube like when it first came out in 2007, 2008, mm -hmm. I was watching a lot of it. And so basically I was doing my mobile video game job. I'd, I'd come across like an MKBHD video. I'd come across a Casey Neistat video. And then I started watching some Graham Stephan videos. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's kind of how I got started with the whole content thing. In 2019, I made three YouTube videos just to test. In the summer, I was kind of bored. I was tr trying to figure out what I wanted to do next. And uh, it didn't do that well. No surprise. There's no, no, no followers there. But at the end of 2019, I looked on TikTok and I searched for the hashtag personal finance and there was none. There were like no videos. Mm -hmm. There was like one guy making stock videos. And I was like, okay, this is my opportunity. I've been listening to a lot of Naval Ravikant. Yeah. And he was like, you want to be first and you, like, you want to scale with media. And so that's when I started, I made like a commitment to make 30 TikTok videos in 30 days. And by the end of 30 days, I think I had like 120,000 followers. Did you really? Yeah. Wow. Because you wow. can make a really bad video, like yeah. what is credit? And I was no camera presence, bad script, bad lighting, worst lighting, like the worst lighting possible. Mm -hmm. And it would get like 20,000 views. And for a new account, getting 20,000 views on a what is credit video I was stoked. I was like, all right, let's try yeah. this out. Let's try this out. And uh, I just stuck with the 30 days. I got to 60 days. Then I got to 90. And I was like, oh, I might as well push for 100. And then after 100, I was like, I can't stop now. Yeah. And it was 2020. It was a pandemic. I got nothing to do. And I ended the streak at like 262 days of a TikTok every day. And I don't know if you remember, we talked. Yeah. In like April or May of 2020, I called into the Graham Stephan show. I had like 300, 400,000 subscribers at the time, followers at the time. Yeah. And uh, yeah, like that's kind of the story. Why'd you break that your streak? So cool. I had a million followers and I was like, I don't know what, like, why am I still keeping the streak alive? I didn't really know what to do next. 
And so that's kind of why I did it. Were you making any money throughout that process? Yeah, I think when I called you on the Graham Stephan show, I had made at that moment like $4,000 and I had 400,000 followers on TikTok. And right. I remember we, us, we were talking about some brand deals and stuff. And my first brand deal offered me like $2,000 for a post. And I was like super stoked. Yeah. And like, wow. That was awesome. But for a really long time, I just didn't take any sponsors on the TikTok channel. Yeah. And still I'm kind of not against sponsors, but I don't take that many sponsorships. Mm-hmm. And so to answer your question, I think in 2020, I made like $19,000 off yeah. of content. How else were you making money though? Because you probably have expenses, rent, mortgage. What were you doing? Ah, uh, so I was an e-commerce consultant. Okay. So between my tech job, I left my tech job in 2016. I started my own e-commerce business, basically selling posters. And that I grew that pretty substantially, but then I was, became a consultant for other types of e-commerce businesses. So I was supplementing my income with that. And I also lived at home. And I still live at home, actually. So I am I live at home with my parents. Didn't you mention dad. that on the Graham Stephan show? Did you? I think I did. Okay. Yeah. And I How think, old are you, yeah. So I am 34 years old. And uh, <laughs> Why'd you grimace? Because I still live at home, but my dad's gone nine months out of the year. Okay. And it's only him. Mm-hmm. So basically, I have the house to myself. I haven't really felt the need to move out yet, mm-hmm. but I want to this year because I'm getting a little bit bored at home. And I get kind of complacent and I get kind of in the same routine. Mm. And so far, I think this year I've kind of realized like it's not really making me happy anymore to stay at home. And I'd rather just spend the money to to move out somewhere. It's a very U.S. thing, I think, to move out really quickly. It seems Mm. like everywhere other than the U.S., like it's customary to live at home almost until like you get married. And at which point you you get your own place. Yeah. And I did move out uh, at the age of like 20. 28 mm. for a year i lived in the city san francisco and i had an okay time but i would still drive down to like my hometown and go to all my favorite like my coffee shops and my favorite restaurants and my gym down there mm-hmm. and i just felt like i'd never like experienced the city life i was just kind of commuting from the city back to my own hometown so i was like why am i even doing this yeah and i was paying like 2k a month in rent and i thought it was okay but i wasn't really like living my best life because i had a couple roommates they're great roommates but yeah. Um, at some point I was just like, I'm just going to move home because it just seems so easy. But at this point, it's been five years since then and I'm getting a little bit bored at home and don't know where else to move. I can move anywhere t- yeah. technically with my job, but I feel really bad leaving my dad. Like my dad's 90. That's, yeah. that's oh, another thing. Oh, yeah. Okay. So my dad's 90. He's in really great shape. So he travels a lot, but I feel really bad leaving him and I would feel super guilty if I like moved to like New York or Texas or Las Vegas mm. or anywhere and then something were to happen to him. Yeah. Right. And it's like, I, I don't get those years back. I don't get that time with him back. I agree with that. So if I were to move, I would move somewhere like San Francisco mm-hmm. where I could just drive back for the weekend if he was home or I could be at home when he's home. And then the rest of the time I can just be in the city. I agree with that. Yeah. So tell us when you're making these TikTok videos, how are you coming up with ideas? Is there a formula <laughs> to like going viral on TikTok? I think in the early days it was, it was easier because there was no finance content. Right. And as long as I picked a topic that was somewhat interesting and I had a good hook and I could hook people into a story about finances or learning something about how much a hydro flask costs, that was good enough to go viral. I had a couple of good viral hits in 2020, but I would say since then it's been really hard. What are you noticing now at TikTok? Um, Like how has it changed? Finance TikTok or just TikTok in general? Both. Finance TikTok seems like it's kind of like a content farm. Like you just farm the videos let, let, let's make a skit about credit utilization mm. and so it's like hey what's credit utilization 
I don't know. You tell me. You know I mean? It's like <laughs> oh very, gosh. and you know, I, I, I think I'm partially to blame for that because I took that format from another creator called Edmani Explains, and he's mm. a great guy. And he was making these business skits back in like April of 2020. I was like, oh, let me just take that and simplify it for like broader finance. But now that is like the yeah. de facto format yeah. for finance. Who TikToks. created that? So I noticed Mark Tilbury does it. Mm-hmm. Erica Kahlberg was the mm-hmm. one who really did it with like the life hacks. Where did you learn that? I learned yeah. it from Erica. Yeah. Can we trace it back? Like who was the first to have done like that sort of skit? Because I'm sure it didn't originate in finance. I'm sure it no. came from something else. It initially came from like these comedic skits. Like people would just make really funny skits on TikTok. And that was like the trend on TikTok. In 2020 just make these funny skits of you talking to yourself right mm-hmm. and then and Monty was really the guy who took it to business he started to cuss in them he was explaining like why elon wants to take over twitter this year for example but it was all business focused mm. and i think at that point we had a small finance tiktok community on like a slack chat or discord chat or something and uh we just were kind of bouncing ideas off of each other and i was like oh let me try this skit format i think my first one was what is a dividend mm-hmm. And that first one did like 6 million views off the bat. Man, And that whole summer, like from July to September, every skit I made, million views, 2 million views, 10 million views. Like it was just crazy. It was crazy the amount of people that loved it at the time and how easy it was to explain a financial concept because it's so so easy to explain a financial concept Mm -hmm. when it's conversational. So that did really well. But then I would say in 2021, it started to kind of like, I noticed it didn't do as well anymore. And then now this year, like after the life hack stuff, Erica Kohlberg, shout out. Mm-hmm. We like Erica. I love Erica. But it's like everyone's seen that format now. So like it's really hard to differentiate that format. Or like I feel like people scroll and they see the 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 skit format. They're yeah. like, yeah, scroll away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so interesting on TikTok just how fast uh, trends change. Mm-hmm. And I feel like something could be in for like a week and then it's done and it's played out like you have to find the next one. Yeah, yes and no. I okay. would say I would say with finance content it's really topical. So like the topics that do well will always do well because people want to hear it again and people have like the shortest term memory on TikTok like after yeah. 2 months you don't even remember what you yeah. saw. So like mm. if you saw another one that's fine. But first, we got to thank our sponsor, Stash. Graham, I've been saving up some money recently, and I just don't know what to do with this fast, vast cash stash that I received. What? The fast cast vast stash. Jack, I think, <laughs> I think you just answered it with your, your last rhyme, Stash. Stash is a personal finance app that helps make investing easy and affordable. Over 6 million Americans already use it, and that's because Stash is super simple, and you don't need a lot of money to start investing. And? They even let you buy fractional shares. And that means you're able to invest in stocks like Amazon, Apple, Tesla, and more with less than just $5. And Stash also offers tools like automatically investing on a set schedule to help you build good financial habits. Which, by the way, is something that you should already be doing if you're watching the channel. Stash offers three simple plans starting at just $1 a month. And seriously, guys, getting started with them is a breeze. Just download the Stash app, add cash to your account, and start investing in your favorite stocks in minutes. So join the more than 6 million people who know that it's never too early to invest in yourself and sign up for Stash today. And to do that, the link is down below in the description. Again, there's a link down below in the description to get started with Stash today. And guys, they are running a huge promotion. If you sign up with that link, they will give you a $50 bonus when you deposit just $1 in your account. It's a no-brainer. You guys should sign up with that link down below in the description. Thank you so much, Stash. And back Back to to the the podcast. podcast. So you could remake the same video a few times. Yeah, I actually yeah. have remade the same video maybe three or four times, okay. but told it somewhat differently right. or changed the words around or 
maybe use a different example and it does just as well. Sometimes you can even straight repost a video and it does better the second are time. Are you serious? And I don't really repost, but there are some other financial creators I've talked to. They're like, oh yeah, gosh. why don't you just repost? I've, I've always, I'm, I'm not, I can't try this, but I've always been curious to take an old video of mine and just repost it as new. Yeah. yeah. I'm curious how it would do. I, I just want to explain, Jack, why are you laughing, man? Dude. I'm curious. We talked about this a while ago. I'm just curious. I just think it's funny. It's so lazy, Graham. <laughs> it's like you're Curious. trying just so hard not to miss your, your upload schedule by posting something that I already been posted before. Graham, what are you thinking, but man? I'm curious how it'll do. It'll will, probably do well. But like if it's YouTube? the same video, yes, on YouTube, if oh. I post the same video and I have it listed as an old video, uh, but I just reposted a year later, is that going to be recommended against the old video? Is YouTube going to know that it's a re-upload? We could try this on the, the Graham Stephan show. He has this great video. I yeah. always loved it. But it's like, who makes more after X amount oh, of years? Is it the plumber or the doctor? Yeah. Right. And I love that video. I watched it such a long time ago. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that video is perfectly evergreen. It can be posted whenever. Right. And your original thumbnail was so bad i know and i feel like the title wasn't that great but it's no. decent and you could remake that exact same video and it could do like super well that's a, that's better for a tiktok video i'll give you the idea for tiktok for youtube i couldn't make that video but basically i came came up with this like four years ago you know what i didn't come up with that i think i saw someone else who did some sort of comparison between a, someone who did a trade versus a physician who had a higher net worth mm. at the age of like 45 and 50 and the answer was you'd make more money you'd have a higher net worth working in the trades than you would becoming a doctor by the age of like 50. And it wasn't until a person became like mid fifties that did the physician actually make more money. Why is that? Debt. Debt. Yeah. Student loan debt and the age at which you really start making money. So for a doctor, they didn't really start making a you know, serious income until their mid thirties at the very earliest mm -hmm. versus right. a tradesman. Uh, I tracked the income. If they started working at 18 years old with no student debt, that gave them such a huge advantage with the compound interest. Does that also assume that that tradesman was making good decisions investing? Correct. Yeah, but also yeah. that assumes the doctor is as well. Right. Got so. Yeah, the doctor could be buying a brand new seven series BMW to park outside <laughs> right. of the side of the office and like yeah. ten secretaries and yeah, you know they could do a whole bunch of stuff as well for sure. But yeah, what about right. you? How's uh, what are you what are you doing on YouTube right now? So right now we have my main channel, which went through a bit of an existential crisis the past three months. I didn't really know what to make and I kind of wanted to make it more broad. Like I wanted to make like broad business essays, but they just didn't, don't do well in the main channel. So what I've done is I've created a second channel. I'm going to post them there. And the whole reason behind that is that I'm just still going to keep the main channel, the main channel, which is like personal finance and investing mm -hmm. advice. And then on the second channel, just kind of build build this like library of content that's hopefully bingeable for that audience. What's audience a broad viewers. business essay? Something like how Amazon makes money or the dark side of casinos. So kind of like a documentary type thing. Yeah, like a kind of Jake Trant. Yeah, kind of Jake Trant, kind of Wendover. Yeah, if you Jake Trant that video, I think it would be so well. <laughs> you Sonny V2 that yeah. video. Yeah. <laughs> you Patrick CC'd that, it would do yeah. so yeah. well. Yeah. So yeah, that's the idea. It's like, okay, let's do business essays, but I'm going to be more in the video, so it's not yeah. completely voiceover. Like, I'll be part of some of the videos. So that's actually why we're here as well, is we're going to film that video about casinos tomorrow. Oh at the casino what's the video on casinos it's uh i think we have two titles the first is called the the dark side of slot machines or it's called how ugly carpets make casinos massive profits no i don't like that okay well, yeah I, that's why we got two i don't mind the ugly carpets oh, yes. because it's really thought-provoking yes so if you could somehow 
like have like a the classic YouTuber thing right now is a big red arrow yeah, pointed yeah, at like a disgusting carpet. That's... How this makes casinos no. X. I probably yeah. wouldn't say ugly carpets. Or how about but how this? this makes casinos millions? Why? Why millions. all casinos have ugly carpets? Mm. Maybe something like that. I don't know. I think yeah. how yeah. this with a big arrow. It, that's just me. Though. That's kind of like but the new YouTube style. It's like, the new YouTube style. Well, it's arrow. a huge red arrow yeah. pointing at something kind of obscure that's thought provoking. Exactly. But I actually don't mind that at mm. all. There was a video. Okay. Uh, that I saw that went super viral about how a door makes some yes. Twitch streamer a bunch Ludwig. of money. Yep, yep. it was that. Mm. And that did extremely yeah. well. So you could do something similar That's to actually that. the exact thumbnail, like, inspiration I had, but yeah. just with a carpet and just, yeah. like, make everything else black besides the carpet with a little arrow to it. Yeah. But, yeah, so, it's, stuff, it's, yeah, it's, it's so, like, stuff like that. So tell, yeah, so tell us about that. I mean, but what's... It's not going to be Jake Tran, which is all voiceover. Yeah. But he's he's in at the end, so credit Jake Tran. Cool. He's in at the end. But mm-hmm. it's more just, like, I'm the host, and then, like, you're going to see me 15% of the time on camera, but then it'll still be mostly B-roll. Yeah. So tell info. us about the dark side of the casino. What do you want to know? What the video is about. What, the house always wins? The the, the carpets are distracting, so it's like disorienting. There's like four psychological ways that casinos get you to stay inside the casino, right? Like Mm -hmm. carpets are ugly, uh, no clocks or windows. They have curving hallways where, you know, they don't want you to make a right-hand turn because a a hard right turn activates the decision-making part of your brain. Mm -hmm. So, like, you don't want that. So they all curve, and they all have maze-like layouts. And then we talk about the business breakdown, like the the revenue breakdown of casino because it's not all from gambling. It's actually mostly from rooms and entertainment and and actually uh, shopping and like mm. food. And then, mm. yeah, it's only 30% of casino profits, at least at MGM, is That's from interesting. Gambling. Wait, okay. th- I thought that they give all of the rooms to the really big high rollers. They though. do, but they still make a lot of money on the rooms. Like we paid 340 for our room tonight, for a night mm. on Wednesday. So, so yeah, it's like that. And then the last part of the video is on slot machines because slot machines actually make the most money for casinos. Right. Just straight up. They make a lot of money. And a lot of people play them. It doesn't really make sense why they play them. I think they're boring. But some people love them. And they make like five times as much revenue for the casino than blackjack or craps or roulette. So yeah. that's why they're everywhere. And what about online casinos? Didn't do any research there. <laughs> that would be yeah. interesting. That's what yeah. I think they're going to be cracking down on pretty soon. Maybe that's Twitch the next is, video. I would say that. Make that the next video. The more make I'm that. seeing about uh, how much these Twitch streamers are making from from online casinos it's staggering yeah, it's staggering yeah. millions a month yes yeah per month yeah so like imagine they run their own casino yeah two to three million dollars a month just to get paid to yeah. gamble uh wh- who was it that turned it down i think it was Mizkiff who said mm-hmm. that he turned down i think it was like eight hundred thousand dollars a month and he only had to stream for 15 hours a month yeah and then he said that his like uh he's like but that doesn't mean that everybody has a prize he's like because if somebody's paying me like i think he said 10 million a month he'd take it yeah something like that Honestly, Honestly, he, oh that you know what too. yeah yeah shamelessly I will say yeah that. he said he said it was 10 million dollars a year yeah oh there it is yep. yeah 10 million dollars a year was his offer um or how much he was offered to gamble for 15 hours a month on twitch on twitch and it's this weird gray area yeah, because, like, technically, they're not breaking a law, but at what point does that influence children's desire to maybe gamble where they shouldn't? Right, right. Yeah. I think right. what, what they should do, why isn't there, like, a website where you could just, this would be a good idea, a website that you could stream just gambling? Like, just that. And you have to enter, like, your age or, like, you know, I'm 21 years old. Yeah, so you can you, watch it when you're only 18? No, older? so you can watch it if you're, I don't know what the 
if it's 18 or 21, I don't know. Oh, I but don't know like either, yeah. whatever it is, you have to like select I'm 18 years old. And it's just yeah. a website that you could just watch people gamble. You think people would watch that? I do. I yeah, the, but then I these casinos yeah. wouldn't be offering the streamers, which then means the streamers would stop doing yeah. that. So it's like, yeah, I don't know. I think, I think, I mean, the value is definitely in their audience, right? But uh, mm. yeah, would you have a price if like a casino comes to you no. and says fifty? I don't think you could pay me to do no that. price to break your morals, like fifty no. million dollars a year. I turned down a lot of sponsorships because I just don't align with them. And really, yeah, and it, it's like I could use the money, but I don't. You know, I don't feel like I would not use the product. So if I don't use the product and I don't feel good about the product, I'm yeah. not going to promote it. Graham, so what's we, your price? Oh, to do, yeah, to everybody's do, got a to price. To do, ga- to to do gambling? every day, man. He does, he does it for free. <laughs> man, I just love to gamble. No. Uh, the options. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a, <laughs> depends. Gosh, I mean, it would, it would have to be so much money that like. Right. Pro- it would probably have to be probably 10 million a month guaranteed for a year and i would just have the disclaimer like guys this is stupid but right. but i think my audience would respect it enough and be like hey graham's getting paid so much money like <laughs> it would be the financially smart move to take it so i would i think my audience would understand and would get the like hey that that's they're overpaying it's a lot of money we get it uh but it would have to be guaranteed for a year and guaranteed that i would not get in trouble because the last thing i'd want is like right. illegal trouble or then it's not worth it like any risk of any is no yeah but assuming i it's fine for one year one you know 100 million bucks i would do the same as graham Mm. but i would make sure because i could never lead someone in without a disclaimer right so i would make sure that somewhere in like the clause or in the contract or whatever there's a clause where it's like jack you can say whatever you want and i'll be like guys never do this don't touch this (laughs) casino whatever i'm getting paid bank (laughs) like that's why i'm doing this but hey enjoy and you gotta have like the the little you know disclaimer that shows on the bottom of the screen that goes by yeah like do not do this at home Yeah, no, we've turned down. So, like, I'd much rather do that. We've turned down right. like every NFT offer, oh, every gosh. like we turned down a lot crypto. Of as well. Oh yeah. gosh, yeah, I would say eighty percent of them are just crap. And there's a few that like even get through. Like, mm-hmm. the, we have an initial like we sift through them, and it's like ninety percent just go on. Right. Even even the remaining ten percent, there are a few I'll look into afterwards. I'm just, I'm just not a fan. I just don't like it. There's a train going by. It's the classic. Oh, no. oh, gosh, no, Jack. I thought we train. moved on from no, no, this. No, no. There's right. a train going by. And there are two kids playing on the train tracks like mm-hmm. 100 yards in front of the train. And there's a really obese person standing in front of you. And you're like on this balcony above where the train is going, right? Would you push that obese person in front of the train? They're just obese for the sake of being, you know, stopping the train or whatever. Not to be insensitive. But <laughs> just to like stop the train. Jesus. Would you do that to save the lives of the two people that are on the tracks? So it's one life for two. See, that's a utilitarian moral question. Would a you? utilitarian would say, yeah, push push that person. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. what would I do? Yeah. Gosh, that's so hard. <laughs> what would you do, Graham? I think, we answer, I, I, think, think I answered I think... this. Yeah. You answer first. I'll tell you my answer. <sighs> Why do they have to be obese, Jack? That, no, that was just for this. Okay. Never mind. I take it back. They're not obese. Okay. They're a person. They're, an... <laughs> They're just a normal person. Yes. Okay. okay wait, not this? normal. They are a... A human of that is average. The train the has department. a sensor that detects yes. people once they're hit, and they're just a regular person. Wow. And if you push this right. person over, <laughs> the sensors will go off yeah. and yeah. stop the train. Sorry, sorry, sorry. It could be, oh, yeah, it's right. no different than like a Saw myself. movie. Like, would you, I, would you, yeah, I would push them. You would push them mm. one for two. I, th- I think I said I wouldn't mm. because I would not push them. Yeah, because the, the, the train track, they're on the train tracks. They shouldn't have been on the train tracks. 
And you got to think of risky behavior. Got to think about they're yeah. playing on the train tracks. They shouldn't have been doing that. It's tragic, but I couldn't. So who's so like an innocent life? I couldn't do that. Mm. The the other two were on the train tracks, so they they. I guess I was know, trying to think of it more in like a vacuum, like yeah, they're there. Yeah, yeah. Let's say they were tied there. down on the train track. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. Now they're forced against yeah. their will to be there. <laughs> then would you push this normal? Not, sorry, oh, not normal. Man. Just like an average person. I don't comment below what you would do. I wouldn't. I well, it sucks because right. I wouldn't want to be the cause of that person's uh, demise. You know, so it's like, right. The other person, uh, you know, demised the, the the two people on the train tracks tied down. Like that's their responsibility. Yeah. But mine would be the unaliving of a of a innocent person. What if I, the I, person was like a serial killer? I would push them. Okay. Yeah. 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 I probably couldn't do it. Like I'd, I don't know if I would even like to say I could, but yeah, I feel like I couldn't tough. live with myself I if, if I actually was responsible for the of someone else you know that's first really hand. T- it's a really uh, tough question so yeah yeah we don't say the d word oh sorry unalive the unaliveness of yeah. another person the demise yeah. yeah so anyway what do you think about uh anyway no 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 <laughs> let's, uh, really quick let's talk about uh, i want to know your thoughts on the tiktok finance gurus aspect oh. because i think tiktok has maybe not the best uh reputation for for some people pumping stuff or maybe not giving the best advice and from what i've seen there's both a lot of good advice, but there's a lot of really bad advice. And yes. what are your thoughts on the stigma of TikTok finance? I think the stigma is there for a reason. There's probably more bad actors than there are good actors. Obviously, I, if I if I see something that doesn't really resonate with me and I think it's bad advice, I just ignore it. Yeah. You know, I let them do whatever they're doing. I'm not going to like come for them in the comments, but I would not recommend that channel to anybody learning financial advice and so yeah there's going to be good and bad with everything just like with youtube mm-hmm. like there's going to be some people on youtube that are bad actors and trying to get you to buy whatever the hell that they're they're buying or selling yeah so i do think that it's gotten a, a pretty bad stigma though because you know the the videos that do go viral sometimes they can be really dumb yeah and they and, and i just don't feel like that happens on youtube versus like on tiktok like some 16 year old thinks that they can make fifty thousand dollars flipping you know crypto in 24 hours by just getting 1% a day or something like that. You know, something something silly like that. Mm-hmm. And that could go viral. That could get like 2 million views because people watch it and like they rewatch yeah. it. So I remember when TikTok banned cryptocurrency for a while. They did. And that was for like 8 months. They banned financial, not banned, but they shadow banned. Yeah. Like they basically put a like a kind of like a filtration on anything finance related. So if I mentioned the word stock market, the video would get no views. Not no views, but it would get throttled. Mm-hmm. And same thing with like bank account or I don't know. And when was that? I want to say summer of last year. So and like May to like August or something. Really? And as a yeah. finance creator, how did that affect the content you were making? Uh, that was a depressing time in the TikTok, <laughs> in the TikTok life. I mean, yeah. every video wasn't doing very well. So I just had to reset my expectations for how, how good a video would do. Um, I was actually flown down to TikTok for... Like, a, I guess they just wanted to talk to some creators. And I did tell the CEO that, like, directly. It was like, hey. The got, CEO of TikTok. Yeah. He's like, hey, uh. you guys got some bad filtration going on, bad moderation. And it's because TikTok has a development team in China. And they're all Chinese, all the TikTok developers mm-hmm. that are working on the algorithm for the U.S. product. So what happens is, is the U.S. team will give them feedback. But that feedback might get lost in translation. Like, imagine telling a developer, hey, filter out finance content. 
what is the developer going to do if they don't know much about finance content? They're just going to take the keywords and just filter them all versus like contextually, it could be good advice or bad advice. You know, mm -hmm. you never know. And so there's a big disconnect in the teams. And so I think that remote that remote work is, is tough. And then there's also a language barrier. So like the developers have to figure out how to do that. Now I saw a video. I'm not sure if it's uh, you know, pocus pocus. But I watched a video on the algorithm of TikTok mm. and how the U.S. is a lot different than what it is in China. And I heard in China, mm -hmm. they're showing very uplifting videos that are very motivational, that are very educational, and that, uh, in my opinion, make them just overall better, more well-rounded people. Versus in the U.S., I scroll TikTok and I see the most mind-numbing content that just dissolves the brain. It's just so bad and just puts you into this daze of you zone out and then an hour goes by and you're just dumb. I hate to say it. Like but dance videos. Yeah, or it's just trends. But, or... but it, it's all really viral content and it's addicting. I mean, I'll, I'll straight like every time I go on TikTok, if I'm sitting there like actually scrolling mm -hmm. 10, 20 minutes and it feels oh, yeah, what feels like a minute. Yeah. But they're all mind numbing videos. Mm. Is, is Do you know if there's any truth to that? Or what do you I, think? on this? I don't know if there's any truth to that. But it could be also a difference in cultural values, right? Like mm. the culture over there, they might value that type of stuff mm. versus what, what do we value in the United States? It's tough to say. I don't know if TikTok is doing something crazy with their algorithm in different countries or it's used as a weapon to make us dumber yeah. or something like that. But I'd like to think that I always like to think on the optimistic side. So like yeah. I give people the benefit of the doubt even companies sometimes, mm -hmm. and I think uh, sometimes to a fault, but I give people the benefit of the doubt, and I think that probably the algorithm is just optimizing for view duration, right? Because that's all they want yeah. to do is keep you on the platform. I think when you said values, it's very true, and I think uh, the algorithm is probably so good that it just gets whatever gets the most uh, watch time, clicks, yep. uh, engagement, and that just happens in the U.S. to be the content that, you know... Is mind-numbing. Is mind-numbing, yeah. Think about it. Everyone just wants to zone out. Like, if you go on TikTok, probably, and I would say the same thing with YouTube, probably not as much with YouTube, but a lot of, for a lot of people, TikTok is just a way, how could I spend these next five minutes, ten minutes, mm -hmm. that turns mm -hmm. into an hour? Because it's just, gets you. Yeah, it's quick content, yeah. and some people really enjoy it. Like, I know that we watch it, and yeah. we're creators, and so sometimes we're watching it with a critical eye, but I have friends who just watch it, and they're laughing the entire yeah. time, and they're loving it, and they're sending it to their friends, and oh, yeah. they're making memes, and, and they have a great time. They don't think it's a waste of time. Yeah. But some that people, like, like me, I think it's kind of a waste of time to watch it. I'm always like, oh, I just watched 20 minutes. God, yeah. that sucks. But at the same time, I don't watch Netflix. And some people, oh, like, you know, at, the end, at the end of the day, yeah. they want, yeah, so it's like, who am I to judge <laughs> That's their true. entertainment? That's fair. Right? That's fair. I it's kind of like that. the same argument with video games. And I, I've had this video game argument before. Like, people will come to me like, oh, why do you play video games? But it's like, it's just entertainment. It's like, what do I, like, what does it matter if I choose to play video games or go watch a movie or go read or do something? And I think there's a, a stigma there that video games are not engaging or mm -hmm. good for you. But I learned a lot of my social skills through gaming growing up. And I also learned a lot of, you know, typing skills and commerce yeah, skills through, yeah. you know, trading you know, trading my Final Fantasy gill yeah. and not getting scammed. Like, I haven't been scammed <laughs> on crypto yet. That's Why? Good. Because of video games. <laughs> like, I'm really oh, wary. No. I'm like, oh, you're trying to scam me. Like, I'm not going to fall for this. <laughs> like, I've fallen for this before. Hey, yeah, if, so. if you send me 100 bucks, I'll send you $200 back. Oh, yeah? Yeah. 
You know, what that, you know what that yeah. sounds like, Graham? <laughs> this is good. this is going to be way off topic here, but okay. uh, <laughs> when I was younger, I used to play this game called RuneScape. Yep, yeah. I know exactly okay. what you're talking about. And, and I was, was going to go there. On, and hold on. Decided so not yeah, to. so there's this. There was these people at the marketplace that would stand there, and they would be like, "Oh, doubling gold, right?" So you know, so <laughs> yep. and then so what I would do is I would go up to them, I'd be like, "Well, I want you to double, like, let's say." Five hundred thousand of my gold, but you have to prove it to me first. So here's like fifty k, like some measly amount, and then uh, they would do it because they think I'm going to give them the, the big thing, and I would just take their. their <laughs> it reminded me. So I was scamming. Yeah. You would scam the scammer. I I yeah. scam the scammer. This is one of my favorite videos that I I was showing this to Jack. This is like two years ago. You know the scammers in the comment section that pretend to be you. I remember that video. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so for those unaware, I, uh, I I started talking to three of those scammers. And they promise like these Ponzi like returns where if you know I'm gonna put money in, they guarantee it's gonna be worth a certain amount. And so I put twenty bucks in one to see like how it works. And I told them up front, I said, Hey, I got like fifty thousand dollars, but I just wanna see, like, make sure it works first. And so I, I gave them twenty bucks and they take you to this like fake web page where, where basically they could type in how much money is in your account. Mm-hmm. Um and then it grew over time to like thirty six dollars, like forty bucks. And I said, wow, this is great. I just want to make sure the withdrawal works first. Can you send me this money back? And then I'll send in like 5000 or something yeah, like that. Yeah. They legit sent the money back. Like extra money? Extra money. Nice. We so did the I same put thing, but you did yeah. it in real life. Yeah, so I sent in $20. They sent back 40 And I think we used your buddy's uh, PayPal or Venmo so they wouldn't know it's me. And so your buddy actually got the money and sent it over to me. Amazing. Yeah. Didn't, yeah, didn't you want to still collect the money? What do you mean? The, so the $20 funny. profit. Yeah. <laughs> Something like my that. My buddy yeah. got it and then he sent it back over to Graham. Yeah. <laughs> well, I put like, my, it, was my, it was my money to begin with. That's, again, oh, that's my money to begin with. 20 cent iced coffees. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, it, could, yeah, it reminds me of that. So, you know, as long as you're a step ahead, <laughs> you bait him with a little bit, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, oh, great. actually, we, uh, we never really told this story afterwards. What happened? Um, one of the guys found out about that video after I posted it. The scammer. And the scammer. Wow. Not the guy who sent me the money, but another one of another the guys. Another scammer. Watched the video afterwards and then actually got in contact with me. And we talked. And it was after the, we talked. I wanted to get him on the second channel. And it was a weird thing because I, I felt 90% he was telling the truth on this. Mm-hmm. But he gave depictions of like the working conditions there. He was from, I think, Uganda, mm-hmm. I think it was. And just the working conditions are really terrible. They're trying to support their families. There's no money. This is one of the only ways that they could, like, support their families. And he basically just said, like, I don't want to be doing this. Right. There are, they're, you know, it's run by the gangs here. And if we don't do it, they threaten our families and this and that. Mm. So this is why we're doing it. Um, oh, and then he, he would only call me during like certain time. Like he said, like, you cannot text me at all. Like just call it. He was pretty secretive about it, which made me think that he was legit. And then I said, if you wanted to come on the second channel and like, just expose this, uh, I'll give all the ad revenue to you yep. and I will, uh, set up like a, I don't know if we could do a GoFundMe. I don't know. Something like Maybe that. Maybe he was trying to scam you. And that's why I worried about that. <laughs> I worried just yeah. in case. I felt it was real, but I didn't know if I want to take that. Part of me thought maybe I'd just do it and let the audience decide if mm. they believe it's fake or real. Uh, he never decided to go through with it and decided to hold off, which makes me think it was real. Because he was worried about the safety would, of his family yeah. and like if he gets outed as like right, that guy. Right. Um, I don't think it's worth it to him. So I have a feeling it was real. That's a tough moral situation as yes. well. For sure. Yeah. And I couldn't post a video like that. Right. Uh, if anything were to ever happen to him, that like that would be my fault, and I couldn't got it do that. 
but overall seemed like a nice guy. <laughs> okay. So, you know, so behind all of this, all you right. know, behind these people scamming, even though it's annoying, uh, the situation there is incredibly different than the U.S. I think a lot of people put ourselves as like, well, I wouldn't do that. Mm. But meanwhile, you have access to, you know, get a job anywhere right, and make $20,000 right. a year yeah, versus them. Like children that you have to yeah. take care of. Yeah, imagine, imagine the, you know, the area is run by gangs. Right. You have three kids at home that don't have food and like, what's your option? It's not like you, you could bag or like go work at Starbucks or anything. Yeah. Like, what do you do? You do that because that's the way to, and you know, and they rationalize it. That, you know, they're wealthy Americans. They they got health care. They have roads and electricity and running water. And, you know, they could afford it. So I could see, that. you know, so I could see what. Yeah. So after course. it gave me a it depends on the situation. Big sure. perspective on yeah. just like in America or really in, in many first world countries, you're very fortunate. Hmm. So and you kind of forget that uh, the rest of the world is not like that. Lesson of the day, guys. Love that lesson. Thanks, lesson of the, you're welcome, Jack. Hmm. Yeah. I think we should also talk about your income over time. Oh, boy. I'm sure that'll yeah. kind of be an interesting journey. I remember you said you initially started out as a video game customer support person yes. outside of college. Yes. How much were you making doing that? 40K a year. And you did that for how long? A, a year and a half doing customer support. A year and a half. So 40K a year, this was 2011, 2010, 2011. And this was in the Bay Area This as was well? in the Bay Area, yeah. How did you survive on 40K a year in the Bay Area? I lived at home. Well, <laughs> nothing's changed. That's the thing. Nothing's in the Bay changed. Area, rent would have been $40,000 a year. Yeah. You know, it would have been $2,500 a month. It was, a little, yeah. it was a little cheaper back then. Yeah. Like the, the whole tech scene hadn't exploded quite yet. Like Facebook really started to explode after 2014, I would say, is when like all the development started to happen and rent prices started to go crazy. So in 2010, it was still okay. It was still like manageable, but mm -hmm. I still didn't want to move out because I'm only making 40K a year. As a financial advisor, I made like 50K a year. And so then, a step up. A step up. Yeah. Yeah, but not by much. And then um even after I was licensed, it, it was still fifty K a year. And then they wanted me to get clients in and start making more through commissions. So mutual funds, they've had they have expense ratios and you know, the financial advisor gets paid a percentage of, of the mutual yeah. funds that you sell. And it's usually just mutual funds like VU or VTI, but but wrapped differently with a higher expense ratio that, you know, someone pays for because they want the service or they want someone to guide them through the market, if you will. So is that what most financial advisors do? They just find other like index funds and then kind of wrap it in a mutual fund-esque type thing? I'm not, yeah. And then slap on an expense ratio. But the reason why they can justify doing that is by finding people and presenting them to it in a service where you basically, you're the, the financial advisor would be the person that takes the action of investing and basically guaranteeing, oh, you, you'll be fine for the most part. Right. When I was at Merrill Lynch, I'm not going to speak for all financial advisors, but I would mm -hmm. say at Merrill Lynch, there was one guy who was doing very well for himself and he says i don't really manage portfolios i manage expectations mm. and so he was just on the phone with clients all the time managing their expectations for what the portfolio should return mm. and that's essentially what they were doing is kind of like picking funds you know let's say the lazy three fund portfolio they would just kind of pick that for a client obviously you want to tailor it to their risk tolerance and their time horizon and all that good stuff but essentially that was the investing piece and then they also offered like planning so like retirement planning estate planning five to nine plans, all that sort of thing. So it was like an all-in-one service, but I would say for the most part, if you're just going to a financial advisor to invest, you'd probably be better off doing it yourself with like VU or VTI or a robo-advisor like mm -hmm. Wealthfront, for example, like mm -hmm. be just fine. Yeah. Um, and that's what you kind of notice with like millennials and maybe even younger is that they're more willing to do it themselves. But I would say the older generation still likes a financial advisor. I think a lot of it is just calming people down. 
making yeah. sure they don't sell and they keep investing. Because I would Correct. imagine how many how many people in 2020 were like, we got to sell everything. The market's going down. And then the financial advisors tell him, no, don't worry. Yep. Don't worry. We got to buy more. What do you mean buy more? <laughs> I bet it was a lot of just, you know, the calming. The stock market people. just flipped. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just saw Grant's video. The stock market's about to reverse. And they got to say, you know, did you watch the end, though? He said buy and hold index funds. GCA. Oh, I didn't make it that far. I only looked at the title thumbnail. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so that was that was uh, my financial advisory period, yeah. and then I, the next gaming company I worked at was called Machine Zone, and Machine Zone created that video game called Mobile Strike and Game of War. They used to have these Super Bowl commercials with Arnold Schwarzenegger and like mm. Kate uh, Kate Upton. Do you not mm. remember those? Yeah, and uh, that was a really well funded company. But I started off doing quality quality assurance for them, so very similar to customer support. I was making like. 16 bucks an hour and then i started doing live ops so live ops is something very different it's basically optimizing in-game packages based on the hour to sell the most revenue possible to the gamer at that time mm. and that was paying i think my first salary was 75k a year so this oh, was wow. now yeah. yeah it was a big step up and then six months after that it was like it, it got increased to 90 and then six months after that i was making like 120 Wait, what exactly were you doing mm. so imagine like a mobile video game. Mm -hmm. Do you play Clash of Clans or I did back in uh, high school. Candy Crush, for example. They played. have those offers that when you first sign in, you can buy a package, like an in-game package of items. Sure. And that stuff is not just random. That's all bit backed by data analytics, by you know, A B tests, by everything that you can imagine, because they want to figure out what's gonna get people to spend the most amount of money. Mm -hmm. And so every hour to have a real-time chart of the revenue for that company for that game, almost by the minute. So it's almost like mm. looking at your YouTube analytics, yeah. like you're seeing how many views per minute are coming in, but instead you see revenue. And so when you're looking at that, you're like, okay, right now this this package that I'm running on this game is making this, this hour about 100K. Let me try to make a package for the next hour that I'll run at the top of the hour. So like, let's say it's 12 p.m. right now. I'll make a package that starts at 1 p.m. And I'll try to get people more enticed to buy that second package at the same time that package is going you can run an in-game event to really incentivize people to buy that first package mm. or that package that you're showing yeah and then you can look at the data analytics for all the user balances so like oh this user doesn't have enough coal or this user doesn't have like the majority of users don't have enough uh, like uh wood for example just an in-game item and so then you can sell them the wood with an event that requires a lot of wood to the event if that makes sense wow so you're using oh like God. user genius. that's genius so you're using Holy user crap. balances the data there then you're crafting a package that exactly matches that event and oftentimes the package would have just enough wood but not enough wood to finish the event and that was basically how that company monetized very well oh my gosh and so i could change these packages on an hourly basis and uh i was doing that for like a year straight but it was a it was almost how a 24 7 job how much were they making at its height, I think we made one game made 110 million in a month. Oh my oh gosh. gosh! It was about like three to five million a day, and if it was under three, the CEO at the time would get really pissed. <laughs> no yeah. way! It was the team. The oh team started gosh. out with just me and another guy. Uh, well, actually, it was me and like two other guys, my boss and like another guy at first, and then it really started to expand. By the time I left, it was a team of like 20, and almost every mobile video game company has a live ops team now. And uh, maybe not Clash of Clans. Clash of Clans is in Finland. They do things a little bit differently. They probably just have one or two guys running it. But a lot of the video games now have like massive teams because 
it makes a big difference in bottom line. But the thing is, you have to manage it 24-7. So we had, like, these weird random night shifts. Like, I'd have to get up at 4 a.m. sometimes to run the events until, like, 12. And then, then I would go into work, and then I'd stay there all day. And it was a very, like, uh, FaceTime culture. Like, you wanted to spend a lot of time in there. Mm-hmm. So that was from 2014 to 2016, and that time flew by like that. Like, I don't even remember it. Like, it was so yeah. fast. Did that not make you want to get into the uh, mobile video game space? No, it didn't really feel like real money. Just like, you know, like anything, you get get kind of numb to it, and you kind of don't really put the numbers together. But, uh, yeah, it was a bit, I mean, it was a big company. It did really well. It was valued at like 5 to $10 billion at one point. It eventually did come crashing down a little bit. And they got bought, and they got bought by App Lovin. Have you heard of that company? Mm-mm. App Lovin is, uh, is a mobile game studio, and they IPO'd like, like last year or something like that. Two years ago. Oh my gosh. Maybe? How that much did they get acquired for? They actually got acquired for like, I think it was like $700 million. Oh so it was gosh. worth five to 10. But then like some, some macro events happened. Like they couldn't get the funding to like raise at that valuation. Then they got acquired for $700 million after everything was going down. Mm. And the initial investors or all the investors put in $800 million into the company. So it was underwater. So all my stock was worthless after that. Really? Mm-hmm. And that, hap- that happens to a lot of tech companies where they raise so much money to scale as quickly as possible. But if they don't get acquired for above what they raise for, then all the common stockholders, a.k.a. the employees, they get wiped out. Yeah, because they got to yeah. pay back everyone else but capital. They, yeah, they pay yeah. off the debt the debt first so they pay off the C team to like transition the company. Wow. They don't actually pay, you know, the, a lot of the common stockholders don't get anything. Unless you still work there. And and in that case, they gave the people that still work there, the new shares of app So they did pretty well actually. Oh my gosh. What do you think led to their downfall? There were a few things. I think they pushed really too hard on monetization. Like it was a team that was really incentivized to make a lot of money. And so if they weren't hitting their revenue targets, based on the investors, you know, expectations, Mm -hmm. the team would push harder. And like, basically you can inflate a game. What that means is like, if you keep pumping resources into a game, like if I just make 2 trillion wood in that wood example, Mm -hmm. then wood becomes valueless, right? Just like anything. So you have to balance in-game economics with what you're selling and if like you're just pumping the because you want to sell more you just pump, right you can give you, crazy deals you can, that basically yeah you can make, give crazy deals yeah and then there was one exploit or exploit where like users could switch their app country to like i was gone at this yeah. point but users could switch their app country to like egypt or something and get a hundred dollar pack for like 15 bucks uh, and it was known as like the bug sale or something like that like it looked like a bug so like people were buying it wow but essentially like it was a team with like bad I guess incentives yeah. to try to hit revenue. And then that bug occurred and they kept pushing it because they thought it was making them revenue, but it was just eroding the game. Oh my God. And gosh. so eventually that game kind of like slowly falls off. A, a what typical game mobile, sh- a, mo- mobile strike, mobile strike or game of war. <clears throat> those typical, those typical games have like a three to five year life cycle. Mm-hmm. So after That's, like, yeah, I, th- I think this also circles back to ethics. Like, did it ever feel weird to, make events that oh like you don't have enough resources so you gotta buy more or you know because at that point are you, are you losing the vision of the game you know yeah. to provide entertainment yeah i think so i mean the games weren't really designed to be in my opinion fun like i didn't really have a great time playing them but they it, they attracted a really hardcore user base that was not afraid to spend money whales and whales make up most of the revenue of any mobile game right just like at a casino, the top mm-hmm. 1% probably makes up their entire revenue. Why does Whales spend so much money? 
Uh, there's just like a certain cohort of person. So like if you acquire a hundred paid users, like they're going to pay in the game, like the top one or 2% will spend the most, like they'll make up your entire revenue stack. So like, oh. it's kind of like the 80, 20 rule. Like yeah. 80% of the profits come from 20% of the people. It was like that. The mm-hmm. whales, like there was one whale. <laughs> it's like the son of like some sort oh of like Dubai God. billionaire whales. or something I like that. I thought you meant people from <laughs> whales. No. Jack, I thought you, you meant serious? people. Jack. Jack is so wow. adorable. Jack was like, wow, those <laughs> people <laughs> from whales spend oh, a lot of That was a Jack, that, that was a Jack moment. Right over my head. Wow. That was like that's quintessential Jack. Really oh my God. Holy cow. I wouldn't admit that. I just roll with the punches. I had to, man. Why you have to? You didn't have to. Well, I'm Welsh. So that's oh. why. That's, oh, yeah, yeah. There you yeah, go. I'm like super yeah. Welsh. That explains why you're spending so much money on these. <laughs> <laughs> I'm spending so much money that makes on these sense. mobile games. So yeah. there was so. a son or a daughter of a billionaire in Dubai, and she basically spent like $3 million in the game. <laughs> and uh, no. she was the biggest whale. She just had so much money. I forget what her name was. But then there was also another really rich billionaire or something in Dubai. At, and you could track their locations if they allowed it in the app. Yeah. And this guy would only be at beach clubs in the Mediterranean Sea and just like buying these $100 packs all day. And he spent like a million dollars too. At that point, can you reach out to them personally and, and invite them and be like, yeah. hey, like they come wanted on. to. They did? <laughs> They're like, this guy's great. Like he's literally saving our Yeah. Yeah. yeah they spent a lot I would of money. do that. I'd fly them out, like give them give them as much wood as they want to from that. <laughs> you spend a million dollars, you get unlimited everything in the game. Like it becomes no longer a challenge yeah. anymore. That's was like, he the exactly. best player in the game? Yeah. Yeah, it was a pay to win game. I mean I mean there are some games that are not pay to win. For example, League of Legends, like you just get yeah, skins, yeah. like you need skill and there are games that where you just spend as much money and you become the most powerful being in the planet. I wonder what wow. she's thinking now though, especially after the games like falling out of rel- Actually, relevance. Yeah, you get bored you of it. Like, I'm well, sure no. she has so much money that don't Okay, care. that's a fair yeah. point. Yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh, three million. She's probably running Rubet. Yeah, <laughs> That's family business. She made all it back. Steak. Uh, yeah, yeah, so that was my income tra- trajectory. I made 140k yeah. my last year there, and then after that, I started my own business. And then those two years, I probably made 65k each, mm-hmm. and then uh, maybe 50k in 2020. But then in you know in 2021 with YouTube and stuff, that it, that grew a lot. So what are we talking? I would say like 200. 200k 2021 yeah 200 maybe like if you add in my investment income it was probably a little bit more but Mm -hmm. yeah i feel like i could make way more money if i just did more sponsors that's something i'm kind of thinking of tinkering with this year it's like adding in the right sponsors like Mm -hmm. i would still do some sponsorships don't get me wrong here like i would do some but i'm not like for a long time i didn't want to put any youtube ads in the videos yeah just like kind of like andre um and i i think that as long as the reason I'm putting the ads in is like, or sorry, as long as the sponsor is the same consistent one over time, I'm okay with that. Yeah. I just don't want to send the wrong message where I'm like sponsored by Robin Hood one day, Fidelity the next, you know, Schwab the third yeah. day. Yeah. And well, that's the why they day. have yeah. uh, the clauses in there that says you're exclusive in that category. Right. right. You talked to me about this before this podcast, but you were talking about how it is to be single. You know? Yes, I am single. Do you think that there's any correlation between living with your father and also being single? Maybe subconsciously. Mm-hmm. I think subconsciously, yes. I'm, uh, yeah, I think probably it's in the back of my mind for sure. I'm also pretty picky, and I also maybe am 
I'm not good at dating multiple people at once. Mm -hmm. So like I always had a hard time. Like if one person, if I was dating one person, like trying to find other people to date. And I think what happens is I get really overinvested in that one person and that's a turnoff, right? Because I'm just like, I'm ready to go. I'm like, Hey, I really like you. Like let's, let's hang out all the time. But when you're dating, you kind of want to take it a little bit slower and mm -hmm. you really just try to like connect with that person and learn more about them. And I feel like I can't even be myself until like the fourth date. So like a lot of times I don't even get to the fourth date. Put it that way. Do you think yeah. that it's usually the girls not reaching out back to you for the second date or they're ghosting you or is it you being too picky? So like which side of the, uh, it's probably both. Both. Yeah, I've had many my fair share of like yeah. people that don't reach out after the second I, yeah. date. I think the issue I, is that I it takes you bit. four dates to open up. I think it, it takes even three, even yeah. two is too much. You need to be pretty open on the first date. I think, and, and the cure to open. that, yeah, I just be well, not like nervous or not like you know, or, or not like uh, putting on a bit more of like a like a facade, not a facade. I don't know, but but you know, guard go, yeah, your guard up. Going yeah. into it just like, hey, this is me. And I think the cure to that is going on a lot of dates, back to back to back. So, See, in th you know what? Like you, like you did 30 TikToks in 30 days. 30, <laughs> 30 dates in 30 yeah, 30 days. Days, 30 days, days in 30 yeah. days. DM or even, even five a week, Monday through Friday, every night. Wow. I just say, you know, I'm going to go out to dinner. Yeah. Every night. I'd like that. And just be expensive. It, Jack, well, do you want to be the first? Happy. First date, yeah, ah, shucks. yeah. <laughs> but but here's the but here's the thing. There'll be, I mean, I, I don't know how you coordinate right, that right. realistically, but but you'll I, get a, a, a sense very quickly what you're looking for, and you'll be the the picky one mm -hmm. because you'll know, like, oh, I don't like when you know people who do this, and I prefer this, and I I like that. Right. You'll know so fast that you know after the tenth one, it'll just be like, ah, oh, I got to do another one of these, and then you're yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And I think for me, like even on this podcast, I don't really feel a hundred percent authentic. No offense, not no, because of no, you guys, no, but yeah. because the cameras are on and stuff like that. Like mm -hmm. even on my own channel, it's like mm -hmm. really hard to like, for me to show the real, my real self the personality a little bit. Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I like, especially on a date, you know, I'm like, I'm trying to be as right, positive as I yeah. can be. I'm like pretty optimistic, but it really takes a long time to get to know yeah. somebody. I don't think you need to be I positive. I think you thing. just embrace however you feel. You're having a bad day. I'm having a bad day. I got a headache right now, but <laughs> here I am. Yeah, my steak's undercooked, but uh, yeah, you know, 10 out I'm not. That's something I would say though. Like, hey, like I'm really sorry. Ten out of ten. It's I mean, a good I do. Thing yeah. You're not single then, man. Yeah, I know. Well, Macy, good. Macy knows that. She yeah. knows. If I walk in, she's like, "Is it a 10? I'm like, "Yeah, it was a ten today." She's like, is there anything I could do? I'm like, no. Yeah, I did title thumbnail. I tried. nothing you can do to solve the way I'm feeling right now. No, there's nothing. Nothing you could do. It's ruined. Ruined. All of it. No, no, I'm kidding. Yeah. All right, I'll try that next time. And one thing that's helped me out with my confidence, a little bit at least, is the abundance mentality. So, like, I find myself, the more dates I go on, even if I'm not having a great time or I don't mesh very well with the person, I'm like, okay, you know what? I've been on, let's say, three dates in the past three weeks. That's an abundance, yeah. right? And it definitely helps in my confidence, which helps my personality shine through a little bit more. But I have the same issue that you do. It's mm. really hard to act yourself with someone that you're, it's kind of like performative, yeah. right? You kind of have to be like yeah. the perfect person. So, Well, it's like stage fright. It's, it's like stage fright. Yeah, you just, yeah. you, you get it over with and then the more experience you have, the less anxious you feel. Yeah. So yeah, that's where I'm at yeah. with that. Yeah, are you what, Tinder, Bumble, Hinge, whatnot? Uh, I had Hinge for a while. I've kind of like stopped it just because it, 
it was giving me more anxiety than like having it on. Really? If that makes sense. Yeah. Like I was always like nervous about it or I'd check it too much. I get kind of distracted. Yeah. Do you so ever like, get people like recognizing you and they'd be like, whoa, I got my stock advice. Yes, for you. that yeah. does happen. <laughs> that does happen. I think that yeah. actually led to me getting like a video date once during the pandemic. But then she got on the date and she was just like, tell me about being a TikToker. Like oh. I just wanted to match with you to oh gosh that would tiktok that would upset me yeah i know oh man she had a king charles cavalier too i was so excited i was already thinking about my future with them but you know oh my god (laughs) yeah yeah but but yeah but so yeah that does happen um yeah but i think it's still a net net positive thing like yeah it's like reputable and people google you and you're like okay like he's like a normal human being and they can see what you look like on video so like it's it's helpful yeah i don't think it's a downside thing but no no yeah good stuff that and that same stuff happens to me there was this girl that i've been dming with for a while now probably like two weeks and it was actually pretty lengthy messages and she her instagram profile is private but she did have a gallery Right, like a link in her uh, bio, and I tapped it, and she's a model. And I was like, uh, looking at all her photos and everything, like, dang, this girl's very pretty. And we were talking a lot, <laughs> right? Like a lot. Yeah. And then uh, I finally send the follow request, and she accepts it. Second photo down, it's like her and her boyfriend. <laughs> she's talking about how much he, she loves him, and I'm like, we've been talking for like a while but now. Now, in fairness, was she talking like in a flirtatious yes. way? Wow. Yes. Do you tell the boyfriend this? I mean, I'm like, just gonna. Yeah, you gotta I, leave, I, leave, I, leave, yeah, leave it. Yeah, leave it. I'm, yeah, I'm gone. That's, that's interesting. Yeah. So sometimes that happens. You know what I mean? Or you're just too good looking. I don't know. Well, I don't think she was in it for that. But, <laughs> okay. But yeah, and shady. I know. Shady, it's crazy man. Crazy stuff out there. Do you have yeah. people reach out to you because you work with Graham, for example? All the time. Yeah. yeah. Well, actually, I wouldn't say all the time, but a decent amount. Yeah. Where people will be like, hey, man, I got this question. Can Graham answer this question or whatever? I'm, I, I mean, I mean, women. Yeah. Do women reach out to you to date because to, they're like, oh, Graham. Like, I've oh, had people reach happened, out to no. me for Jack. Believe yeah. Oh. Right. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I like but that. I don't, yeah, don't want to throw anyone under the bus, but. Uh, That's funny. Not the best option. Oh, are you there, talking about Graham posted on his Instagram one time? He wanted me to go on a date with someone. Uh, and yeah. We didn't specify the gender. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so no, that's I wasn't even talking about that. But you oh, go you ahead. Oh, okay, I, I was talking about something else. Yeah, he posted on his Instagram because we had this idea to bring a first date on the podcast, and we could talk to this person, right? This girl, ideal. I remember you had like the th- the episode where he had like three women blindfolded or he yeah. was blindfolded. Oh, this is before, way before yeah, that. This, this was is like our two first years one. We yeah. just started the podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, one yeah. idea was, yeah, let's Bring get, on a date. yeah, we wanted to do get Jack a Tinder date on yeah. the podcast. Got it. Uh, but we felt on Tinder, it's, we, Jack wasn't having good luck getting no, someone from Tinder on the pod, like and going over to a stranger's to house on as well. Right? Yeah. Yeah. How so, old are you, Jack? 23. Oh, you're young. Okay. Yeah. But I posted on Instagram and I, I, I think I showed a picture of you. Yeah, like, Hey, if anyone like looking for a date. Yeah. And turns out he got a lot of swipes, swipes ups, right? A like, lot. Like nice. it was probably up for 15 or so minutes and he yeah. maybe got 20 or so swipe wow. ups. Yeah. All dudes, not a single girl. <laughs> so he didn't specify in the posting if I'm looking for women, but I, I was and I still am. <laughs> so okay. Noted. we just took it down. And that was <laughs> <that>. <laughs> we just Noted. took it down. I did like yeah. it didn't happen. Took it down. I like that. Yeah. No, yeah. the other one was uh, someone who became very persistent uh, wanted to to go on a date with Jack and messaged mm. me and said she she messaged Jack and Jack wasn't getting back to her, so she messaged me and then I brought her up to Jack and I looked and I said Jack she seems kind of normal and uh, you might want to you know reach out and Jack was like no I'll do it I'll do it Jack never reached out but it was just the incessant just like 
hey, what's going on? What's going on? Like, like just the follow-ups got too much. Oh. Like, a follow-up a week later, like, fine. But when it was, like, she multiple. I actually don't even know who he's talking oh, about. Multiple wow. follow-ups. And then I'm like, wow, if she's, if she's sending me messages and I'm not responding and she mm. sent me, like, five or six in a few days, like, that's too much. That's too much. That's yeah. like, all right, Jack, dodged a bullet there. Okay. Too much. Well, it seems like you've got a lot of options out here, too. Vegas Working is a on it. Yeah, we live in a place. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I'm, t- I'm rethinking this whole thing now with Jack. I- I'm thinking it's better he's single. There's more time to work. Mm. Uh, his focus is going to be... Uh, but he just pun- plays I- ping pong. I yeah, I'm not the type. Yeah. Like, yeah. Graham, I think, is a type where he finds someone, he invests himself all the way in it. I'm very much not that person. Interesting. I don't fall in love quickly. I find someone and I like them, and then we become friends first. Mm. And we're friends for a while. But I also don't really want to spend like so much time with this person. Like My last girlfriend, I probably hung out with her... Three, two to two times a week, maybe. Mm, I think that's and that was like. Well, she's your was, girlfriend. But that now. was high school. No, that was college. That was college. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was oh. like three months of high school, and then. Two oh, and that's right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So one thing you brought up before this podcast yes. was that you have a chunk of change you're sitting. Yeah, on. I'm curious oh, how you're investing. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I have enough for a down payment on a house in the Bay. Cool. And that's just sitting in cash. And I, you know, I have a good chunk invested in the market as well. That's just kind of, I'm still DCAing into that, but I don't know what to do. I don't know if I should buy an investment property. I don't know if I should buy a single family home to live in myself. You know, I still live in my dad's house Mm -hmm. or should I just go rent somewhere in this, in San Francisco and just try to continue to build my income with YouTube and TikTok and all that stuff. Kind of just holding because I don't really know what's going to happen to the economy. And I think we'll know a lot more in six months, especially with, uh, you know, you know how like the first inflation report in November of 2021 was like six percent or something. Yeah, I, I think in November of 2022 we'll have that one year data of like, okay, how has inflation been for the past from 2021 to 2022 when mm-hmm. it really started to ramp up? And that's when I think we'll ha- we'll know a lot more about interest rates, inflation, the economy, what's going to happen. Interesting. So why? So are you set on moving out? You're going to move out either way? I think so. I think so this summer. 100%. Yes. Okay. I would say it's probably better for you to rent than buy something up there. I think when you look at the values in the Bay Area, yeah. renting almost always makes more sense mm. unless you're buying and, and planning to keep this house for the rest of your life. It's right. probably in the short term. Renting is better. Also gives you a lot more mobility. Yep. Where in the future, if you want to up and leave or go travel, just do whatever, you're not going to be stuck and saddled with a house that you're going to have to rent out that probably is not going to cash flow. Mm. So I'd say you're better off renting. Yep. Good mobility. Uh, and plus your income is going to fluctuate so much for these next like five, 10 years. Yeah. I'd rent. Um, as far as the rest of the money, do you want to be a landlord? Mm, not really. No. I know then, you're a landlord. How do you like it? Uh, property it was great in the beginning. Now uh, yeah, I have property manager. Yeah. If I could, I mean, I don't want to say if I could snap my fingers and just be done with it all. But right now at this point in time, I want nothing to do. And just like my, my brain, my capacity is filled. And yeah. so like yeah, anything yeah. at this point now, I'm now I'm gonna have to like, I know I forget things just because mm. I have no more space. So like yeah. something is forgotten. Um, but yeah, the properties in comparison to everything else right now, they make very little in terms of the percentage. Right. So it's just, it's a mental drain, but they're all rented thankfully. And you know, it's good it's enough. Kind of on autopilot. Yeah. But just thinking like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm making sure the property taxes are due. And if yeah. I get a notice in the mail about like insurance coming out, like I'm the one who deals yeah. with it. I don't deal with it. Just little things that add up. Little things that add up. Uh, so 
Actually, the, the one I've enjoyed so far was uh, I invested in a syndicate with Brandon Turner mm. and uh, in a mobile home park, and he takes care of everything. Oh, that's good. And I loved that because it's like a stock that, you know, he's doing all the work, and I just, it's kind of like a REIT right. in essence. But, uh, you know, it's a syndicate where I'm involved, uh, you know, at least on the in- investor side. I've liked that so far. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't dump everything into that. But, um, you know, I, I value simplicity so much right now. And Me that's too. why I've just like the index funds. And that's why I say for you at this point in time when you're yeah. so busy, at least with index funds, it's so you don't have to do anything. Yeah, you don't have to, do, you don't have yeah, to stress. Don't do if the market goes down, it's an index fund. It's like the yeah. whole market goes down. It's yeah. not just you. Like you're not doing anything wrong. That's what I like about index funds. Yeah, so, the other thing I want to bring up was that my chunk of change can buy a very crappy place in the Bay Area, right? It can buy like a condo, oh, mm-hmm. you know, a one bedroom little mini thing that I would never live in for like the rest of my life. I yeah. live in, in it for like a year maybe, but, yeah. it, or it's going to be a big fixer upper, right? Like, it's yeah. really tough. How much, so. how much cash are we talking about here? Oh, like half a mil. Oh yeah. I would say just dollar, dollar cost average. More. Yeah. Dollar yeah. cost. Yeah. I would say I have a hundred thousand dollars in cash at all times just sitting in a yep. high yield saving. And then the other 400, that's just dollar cost average. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Thanks. So simple. I'd rent. Good I'm mobility. Just rent, yeah. Yeah. Most likely. There's, there's no sense in you buying something like that. Um, yeah. I would say when you're ready to settle down, yeah. uh, you know, maybe have a family or something like that, and you know where you want to live, and mm. you're like, this is where I want to live for the next 15 years, then buy. Okay. But until then, yeah, I Thank think you. mobility. Fair really enough. important. Fair enough. What about you, Jack? What do you think? For you? Yeah. Do you agree with Graham's comments? Yeah, I agree with Graham. I think you shouldn't be totally closed off to the idea of being a landlord. Mm. Uh, okay. But also, I wouldn't consider buying too much right now. Mm. So I think, right, yeah, I would say just dollar cost averaging into an index fund would probably just be the most ideal thing. But also, when you are sitting on that cash that is invested, yeah, always, you know, if you are considering being a landlord, just like studying some deals did, and whatnot. When did you close it. in your house, Jack? October 11th. October 11th, 2021. 20, Last year. Kind of interesting. That was almost near the peak of the market. Your house is a your house is a Libra, that wasn't my, it? The market has still gone up. So I bought my house just under six hundred thousand yeah. dollars, and the zestimate oh, no, this is, <laughs> says it's like I don't know six seventy or six eighty. Zestimate, how right. accurate but is I'm, the zestimate? Not, yeah. not accurate. But I'm just all. but I'm just saying it's it's odd, you know, because the stock market peaked in November of twenty twenty one. So it's kind of weird that you know Jack buys and then yeah. thirty days later the market peaks. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Hey, you know, yeah. then when he sold Robin Hood, it pops the next <laughs> day, like an hour later. So is he the counter so, trade? So is you, that what you're trying to say? Or yeah, are you, you saying I should just empty everything into the stock market right now? <laughs> if you want it to crash, if I want the world to end, or yeah, yeah. Oh wait, empty. You mean wait. like sell off all your investors? No, like, like put all of my money, all of my cash now in the stock. In market. the stock market, it's gonna crash. Yeah, please don't, yeah. Jack. Please but if don't. you if you pull out all your money out of the stock market, it'll go up. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see what happens <laughs> with that. Yeah, we okay. tested the Robin Hood theory. I've been wanting to test this for the longest time, and know, it proved to be true. Yeah. Part of me wants to see, like, but Jack has to investigate, like, a serious. He can't just, like, you know, here's a hundred bucks. Like, it's got to be a considerable amount of money. I've already lost so much money on Robin Hood. <laughs> it's like that was I my contribution. We, okay, that was the case uh, study. You Jack, guys how about this? Know. Can we do a test? I think this would be really fun. Uh, fun we'll probably who? have to do a midweek. We'll probably have to do a midweek. I want, I, I'd say you invest $10,000 into, and we'll just do a one month or like, you know, one week or something like that. $10,000 into something. And then we track it the next week just to see if it's up or down from the day you bought it. And we're going to put the theory to that. Now it's 10 grand. So chances are in a week, 
plus or minus 10%. I mean, the very most. And that's like, a gen- that would be a crazy week. You don't know that, man. It could be 40% for all I know, man. I have a question for Graham. Yeah. What's your five, 10-year plan here? No, no clue. No clue? No clue. What's I know I want to do the plan? podcast. Um, One-year plan is to continue at the same trajectory as I have been. So three main channels a week yeah, or three main videos on, the, on yeah. the main channel. We've talked about this before, but my original goal was to go down to two videos a week on the mm-hmm. main channel. And I became, I, I was so used to doing three. And I was yeah. like, oh yeah, eventually I'll go down to two. But then, I, but then every week I did three. I'm like, yeah, I got an extra video out today. Yeah. I got an extra video out today. Feels good. Yeah. And so I, I want to now continue that throughout this year because now mm-hmm. everything for me is like, oh, it's a bonus and an extra video and I'm right. still doing it. Um, I want to continue because I know building up this, but I would, I would not be able to build up the momentum again. I think I've worked so hard to build up that that Agreed. stamina for three videos a week. As soon as I go into two, I'm never going to be able to it's get like back going to the that gym. Thing. Right. What do yeah. you think about the future? Do you think the podcast could be a really scalable format for you oh, yeah. five years down the line? Yeah, You're I like, would. This yeah. is it. One day I could see myself putting like 80% of the effort in the podcast mm-hmm. and treating the podcast as I did the main channel. Like not that I don't treat the podcast, uh, you know, well, but it's just... My my focus has always been main channel first before anything. Like that was mm. that's still old, my my biggest focus is that everything else is secondary to, to that main channel. But at some point, I could see that switching. Flipping. I don't know when, um, but I'm getting better now. If I I think there's been maybe two two times this year where I've uh, not posted and on the main on the main channel. Yeah. I think uh, in terms of like three times a week, so right. I missed two episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think I, I it's easy for me. Like before. I'd have panic attacks. So like I'm missing an episode. Yeah. It was like I would, I, I wouldn't miss an episode. I know how like, that feels. Yeah, yeah. So I wouldn't. Uh, but there was, I, you know what? It was on a holiday. I remember this. It was on a Labor Day. Uh, Labor Day. Mm. I didn't post that day, even though I had a video ready because it was a holiday. And just the amount of nerves I had, being like, "Oh my gosh, I, I post on Friday. My next video is not going to post until Wednesday." Was it? And I freaked yeah. out, and yeah, so I yeah, never yeah. missed a yeah, video. Sure. So, uh, but yeah, I missed two, and I didn't feel bad about it. Mm. So, it, it, I'm moving in that direction, but I'm still, you know, I want to post my three. Okay, I like that, yeah. Jack. What do you think of his plan? I think it's a fantastic plan. I think mm. you should go all in on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I like his plan a lot. I think it makes sense. One thing that is a little concerning uh-huh. is when he says, "Oh, I'll never be able to go back up to three and when he does describe things as like for. Things such as forgetting certain things because he feels like his <clears throat> his brain's capacity is mm. already full. That sounds like burnout to me, like okay. very clearly. And I'm worried that you are still sprinting and it's just straight yeah. into a wall. Well, no. So what happened is that I've taken on too many obligations. I've I've said yeah, you yes. Have a lot of stuff. Yeah, I've said yes to every opportunity. Not every opportunity. I've said yes to almost every opportunity that's good. And these are great opportunities. And I've said yes to them because I'm like, I'd be stupid to turn this down. And like, I don't know how long this is going to last mm. for. This opportunity is here. I'm going to take it. Like creator properties with Ryan Pineda. Or Correct. Right? Yeah. Um, I mean, there's been a whole bunch of them. They're mm. all good. Um, but I think mentally I have space for like three, even though 10 of them are like home runs. But like I could focus mentally on so many things and there's like three of them. So I think I said yes to too many things and that really affected me. So like I've been slowly working on scaling back. Um, I've been slowly cutting things, not because they're bad, but just because it's like mentally. I, I yeah, just, low ROI. No, not no. even. It's just, huh. it, it's, it's more of just a mental drain. Like some of these things are really high ROI. Yeah, I think the brain only has a finite amount of space, right? Yeah. So like if you're, if you're thinking about ROI in a, in a vacuum, yeah, 
you know, the mentorship group probably makes you X amount of dollars, but if it's taking up that mental space, that mental space can't be used for something else. Yeah. And it's that tough. higher yeah. ROI. Cause I do look at every hour of my day. I'm like, this hour is worth that this amount of money. And I right. calculate that like everything I do per hour, that, that is the opportunity cost. Yep. So if I go and have a coffee with someone in the afternoon, that's a very expensive coffee. So like I got to prioritize everything else. And like if I take an hour off, it's not just that hour. It takes me three hours to get back, get in back the zone. into it. I know exactly. How so you feel, yeah. it's uh, yeah, even I forget what it was. Um, and I've started looking at this. If if I answer a text, even though that text might be just a simple thing, then I'm waiting for that person to respond back yeah. to that text. I'm keeping an eye on it. It, it, it like takes my focus away even just a little bit. And that little bit of focus it takes me like 30 minutes to get back to where I was in that like zone. Uh, yeah, the zone is called, tough like, to get in. The flow state. The flow state when is I'm, I, I'm in the flow state for like four hours, five hours of the day during certain hours and anything that takes away from that, I just, I can't do it. So that's why what are you doing so rigid flow state planning. scripting or planning? Planning, yeah. planning. Yeah, and then I can only film before 9 p.m. because after 9 I get tired. Yeah, so, I can see that. Yeah, yeah. and it doesn't, it's not as energetic and not as fun. So mm. I have certain filming times for certain planning times so yeah i'm the same way i gotta film yeah. like usually afternoon that's when i film yeah like from between 12 and 3 yeah. like that's when i'm the most energetic yeah i film my best filming times are usually 4 to 8 p.m ah yeah. right now evenings yeah it's right now yeah it's right now yeah, it's early mornings it's too like i feel groggy right, i feel groggy. like my eyes just like oh, uh. so okay yeah. fair well i think it's a good i think it's a cool plan yeah i would love to see you guys do more more podcast stuff like or just yeah. double down on podcast stuff i think that'd yeah be really i think there's only so much we could do on the podcast because you don't you can't oversaturate um so right now oh we just started doing this this so when this posts this we will already be doing this but we're going to twice a week on the yeah. podcast so once once every sunday and then once every wednesday okay yeah cool so i don't know if we could do more than that realistically without like Oversight, you know, without yeah, overdoing it. Idea. So I, I'd say, I guess you would focus on yeah. like higher quality people. Guess I think so. So I think like getting celebrities or something. Yeah, we we definitely want to grow the roster of guests. We would love to get into like TV actors. Mm, yeah, yeah, mainstream. Uh, Taylor Swift. Yeah, if you're watching Taylor. <laughs> Come, Come on, on the podcast. Yeah. And it's, me. it's interesting, though. The downside <laughs> with a lot of those people, though, is that they have PR teams. Right. And they're so strict. They, they don't want them going on. It's a liability. They come on the iced coffee hour. They talk about something. It's like, hey, it's bad. Yeah. Uh, gets them in trouble. Mm. So, uh, yeah, it's it's a lot more easy to get someone on um, YouTube to come on and talk about. Yep. There's, yeah. they don't, what, what are the repercussions? Nothing. Yeah. So. Okay. Fair. But, yeah, that's our goal. Okay. So if you're watching this, by the way, and you have any recommendations or you have a connection to someone who you think would be amazing on the Ice Coffee Hour, uh, we'll, we'll link to all the information down below in the description where you could either submit an application or, uh, yeah, make the connection. We would love that. I think you should do, like, professional golfers, man. There's so many that live in Las Vegas because of that TPC that's over yeah. here. And they make a lot of money. As Got we're it. getting, like, deeper into this, we're starting to realize more. It's, like, not as easy as just getting a cool guest on. They have to yeah. fit this like this mold of just like what will do well and what comes across on camera because especially with with I don't want to say a lot of athletes but you know they're really good at that sport but when you put them in front of a camera speaking it's just you you really yeah. have to like pull information out or it's it's you know you want it to be exciting so I think some of the best guests that we've had uh, Houston uh he runs royalty exotics mm -hmm. you put him in front of a camera oh my gosh he lights up 
Yeah. Like he's yeah. more talkative and like tells better stories on camera. Uh, he's so good. And then um, Brandon Turner. Brandon Turner is another <clears throat> great example. And Alex Ramosi. Mm-hmm. Those are people you put them in front of a camera and they just bloom and gl- it's, it's it's so good. Like we don't even need to talk. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. That's what I love about Alex Ramosi. He just like he just talks. I'd be like, and go. It, and it's, and it's, go. Yeah, it's great stuff. Go, talk. <laughs> yeah, talk. that was a really great episode. Yeah. 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 Uh, Houston's the same way. You just talk, and he'll he'll do the entire podcast himself. It's so you want good. Me to just talk sit here more? and listen. No, yeah, no, we just we just listen. That. We just yeah. listen. Yeah. I guess <laughs> we, I could talk more. And then we then it's always Jack I'm be always like, like, wait, what do you say? Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! This is Jack. Oh my gosh! Yeah. yeah. Get at least one of those in every. <laughs> and episode. then it's me. How much was it? Oh my gosh! <laughs> oh my gosh! Do <laughs> you want me to bring up a story? Sure. We love to. Okay. Go. The first time I was on the Graham Stephan show, yeah. which was when I called in mm-hmm. on TikTok, I was actually a little bit disappointed after. And I felt a little sad because I felt like I looked up to Graham for so long and you know, I finally got on the podcast and I felt like the call was pretty short and just for the video and then like we didn't get to chat after. Aww. And I felt like we can maybe talk about this because this is it probably was a parasocial relationship on my side, mm-hmm. right? But I felt like, you know, this is the guy I looked up to for so long and he was very short with me. Not that you were short with me, yeah. but like you were just doing it for the for the show and then yeah. boom, hang up. Right. And you know, I was just starting to make YouTube videos. And I at that moment I remember being like so disheartened and like so sad. Oh man. Okay. So I wanted to bring that up and confront Graham Yeah, Stephan. I'm glad you did but, that. Yeah. But wow. also but also to let you know that now I don't think that you meant any harm by that. Mm-hmm. And I know you a little bit more personally now, especially after we met at that carrot event, and I felt like, oh, like this is yeah, he's totally normal. It was just like he's busy, and like his time is worth, is valuable. So like I could see did why. We not, that, yeah. yeah, did we not talk? Because usually after every call, there's like a few minutes afterwards. Do we not? Uh, no, we didn't. We didn't. No, it. you didn't do that usually. Yeah. No, oh, you would just say you. It'd be before the call a little bit. Oh, that was, was it. like a minute. You know what it was? Call. Jack would line up three to yeah, four calls at a time, back back. Yeah. and we would do them. 9, 920, uh, 940, 10. Got it. And we had to set these strict deadlines uh, because otherwise... Because um, we had scheduled calls with these people. Yeah, yeah. That was the difficult part with those calls is because sometimes if we would run over on one, the other person would be unavailable on the next one. Right. And so if they went over a certain time, we missed the next one, which then pushed the next one back. And pretty soon we're on yeah. like the third call. I'm texting Jack like, hey, man, we got to move it to like 1 p.m. Yeah, because you that guys work? did text me and say hey i'll be like 10 minutes late and yes. i remember being like okay that's that's fine yeah so that's probably what happens yes i'm just letting you know that's what oh happens. man and i told all my friends that, about yeah. it and wow. i was like ah, oh, like graham wasn't that nice to me i never like, considered oh, yeah, that that people right. could develop like you said parasocial relationships with graham and of course these calls yeah never thought of nice coffee I, hour. Yeah. yeah we just figured Frugal they just wanted to call in and ask questions oh yeah yeah well i think maybe as like a creator you know especially one on tiktok and like didn't really find my footing on YouTube yet. Like that's really, I was like hoping for a little bit of like mentorship or like, Hey, you should try this or, you know, like you'll run into this problem yeah. and like just avoid this. And so, but that was then. Got and it. Now oh, I'm okay. sorry, man. It's yeah. Cool. I yeah, remember cool. back then. Yeah. Scheduling them back to back was difficult. It's like, that's what made it where you had to like end at a certain time. And immediately afterwards we'd call another person. Were you there in person, Jack? Yeah. Cause you were, yes. Some of these you, you were there. 
Yeah, and Jack would be like looking at the time and texting the next yeah. person. Hey, we're going to be yeah. five minutes late, uh, and then texting that. the person after that, being like, "Hey, we're going to be this time." I think you were texting me, yeah. probably. Yeah. For context, on the Graham Stephan show, in the beginning, some of the first style of videos that we did was people would call in, Graham yep. would provide finance, not fi- entertainment not advice. for entertainment purposes yeah. only, and they weren't paying advice. for it. That was nope. a big thing too for yeah. these people, and he would just talk them mm-hmm. through whatever financial or relationship, sometimes problems yeah. that they had, and we'd post those. And you were someone that called in a very yeah. long time ago. Very true. And yeah. I just want to say, like yeah. now being on a creator on on the creator side, we get a lot of requests. It's like the DMs are full all day with a bunch of questions, and I try to get to as many as I can. But now I kind of know, like maybe where you were coming from yeah it totally makes sense like yeah any other you know issues you have with graham yeah bring in, we with? may as well bring in all the issues yeah, yeah. Oh, the coffee was actually coffee was very good, good. Yeah. okay it was very good you got to say it's really good now for sale bankrollcoffee.com yes how is that doing is that still not doing okay i mean <laughs> we're not doing it for we're, we're not doing it for money got i it, mean yeah. at this at this point like at the very beginning Prices were significantly lower. They're like twenty five percent lower than they are now. Oh my god! Uh, yeah, and it's, and it's our fault. Like, yes, we could raise prices, but yeah. uh, you know, and we did a little bit. Like, we had to ra- we raised prices enough to cover our own costs, or that we're not a loss. Mm. It's doing just fine, but it's not something that we do for money. Does uh, it sell so, well without you shouting it out? Correct. I mean, does it sell pretty good without it, you shouting yes. it out? Oh, it does. Yeah, it That's does. Great. Yeah, it's it's doing. If I so I've don't really shout it out um i have yeah. it as the banner below below the main channel videos you have yeah. that like youtube thing uh it's there it does about two to seven hundred dollars a day that's great in sales consistently wow um we have a 55 percent returning customer rate which is really really, really really high um and they get a discount too if they do the subscription so if I think it's like 15%, 10 or 15% off if they agree to the subscription shipping like once a week or once a month or whatever. Mm. So a lot of people have done that for the discount. Um, that's great for us too because at least we could kind of predict like where the next sales are going to be. But it's good. And then if I do a shout out, like, and I'm talking like a main channel video, yeah, we'll do anywhere between 50 and 100 grand of, of sales. So wow. I usually have to give them a heads up and like, yeah. hey, I'm doing an update on this. Let's make sure we have enough. Have you noticed um, like every time you shout something out, the efficacy goes down or no? No, but wow. I've only shouted it out like three times or Got four it. times in the last two years. So it's rare. But and usually those videos are more about like, hey, guys, not making money still. <laughs> like, it's interesting. Yeah. I, I find it and people yeah. love it. The coffee for me, uh, the best thing is the branding. Because everyone is like, yo, yeah, man, there's Bankroll Coffee. Dude. No one asks, yo, how's your rental properties doing? Yeah. Nobody cares. They're, how's yeah. the coffee? Because it's something that anyone could buy at, at any price point. They could get it. Well, here's what I enjoy it yeah. about the, you know, how I asked you of the efficacy of the shout out. Yeah. Well, eventually, I don't want to do that many sponsorships because what if one day I want to create a business on top of my YouTube business where every time I shout out, I can just get free customer acquisition? Right? Do you think it not? It doesn't matter. So no, I don't. Load up the sponsors. No. Yeah, it doesn't matter because you got to think too. Every video, there's going to be a significant portion of them that have not seen your previous videos and are Correct. brand new. And so every time I post a video, you could see just like the new viewers who have never seen me before. It's shocking that oh. when I post a video, it's like I'll say, "What's up, Graham? It's guys here." And they're like, and people are like, "You, you made a mistake." That? And I'm like, "I've been saying this for like two years," mm. but they've either not watched the previous videos or they're brand new. And so that's why sometimes like you have to repeat certain topics because you're reaching a new audience that hasn't seen the old ones. Have you noticed your new audience or your new members declining or are they still growing? Like your new audience 
coming to you? Growing, but not as fast as 2020. Like 2020, mm, 2020. I think was this 2020, 2021 was an anomaly year. I think January of 21, I gained 180,000 subscribers in one month. New. And that was wow. new. Uh, that was because of GameStop and Dogecoin. Um, and that just brought so many new people into, into the investing space. Now it's like we're entering a time of what should be normal. Mm. 2020 just like exploded yeah and so just like you see the tech companies going up like 400 percent, you saw that on the finance channels what do you think about like dead subs because like you definitely have some subs mm-hmm. that don't watch you anymore yeah. right like they're just inactive what's your opinion on that how do you get them back is there any way to get them back or nothing like, I, 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 I don't, don't focus, focus on, on that. yeah yeah i mean I, I would focus on the people that watch the content mm. and even for me i subscribe to channels that i saw like five years ago and i don't really watch them but yeah it's the occasional video every now and then i'll see oh what do they post? Click on it and then I'll watch Interesting. it. Very few channels I'll watch every single video. Mm. Very few. Do so. you worry about the view to subscriber ratio? No, I don't um, think about it. Okay. No, for finance it's different than, than you know, like Matthew Beam or Mr. Correct, Mr. Ryan correct. Trahan. Yeah, Shout out Ryan. Finance, I would say having a 10, 10 to 15% view to subscriber ratio is really good. Okay. Less than 8% and it's bad. Probably bad. I usually aim for about 10%. That's about for me. You feel bad when you put out an evergreen video and it's like a 10 out of 10. No, because I, because I know know. it's going to, yeah. So like those are the only 10s that are good. They're like, all right, I don't really care. Yeah. I posted a credit card video and it was so bad. Like it was a 10 out of 10 of like, of all the 10s, that was the 10. If they did that. (laughs) But that Uh, means your next 10, your next nine won't be 10s. I agree (laughs) that I do tell, well, I count some of those as like a nine is still yeah, a 10. Yeah, I hear uh, But we'll see what the credit card video is. Um, now it is a, it's a three. Congrats. So yeah, That's it's sick. a three. Oh, it's, it's a while to be a two. So you could see just how much it underperformed in the very beginning. Oh yeah. Way Significantly. Right. Yeah. Way below the curve. Uh, but, but I've gained 3,500 subscribers oh from that God. video, which is a lot. Usually, I'll post a video and I'll gain. That's what I've noticed. 400 to 1,500 a video. Sometimes 2,000, 3,500 on this. So and f- yeah. So for my channel, I don't have a lot of those. I mean, I have some evergreens like that, but yeah. maybe I should post more of those just to get more of a stable AdSense revenue coming in because I don't really make that much on YouTube. Yeah. Not a bad idea. Yeah. Okay. Evergreens yeah. are always true. I would do that. Uh, the do other more evergreen yeah, stuff. The yeah. other one that uh, was really bad for me was this how to get a perfect credit score for $0. That was a 10 out of 10, and it became a 5. And it's still gaining about 3,200 views every other day. Search volume, mostly, probably. And that's gained 3,000 subscribers. So for me, the credit card videos, believe it or not, get the most subscribers. And high CPM. And high CPM, because the people that watch those videos have to search for them. Like, they're the ones, how to get a credit Mm. score. Like, that's exactly what they wanted. All right, let's load up the credit card videos on the channel. They do so. You know, it's been a while since <laughs> I've done a credit card video. How about uh, cards for like certain people, like Gen Z, millennials? Would you do that? No, too, too, niche. too niche. Yeah, I did a best credit cards for millennials. My worst performing video of the credit cards. Mm. So it's just better to do top five credit cards 2022. Correct. Updated. And it's going to do so bad up front, but and I think long term will be fine. Yeah. Okay. I would do that. I would do. Um, I loved your metaverse video, by the way. Thanks. He wrote that. Did you really? Yeah, he wrote most of it. Are you serious? Yeah, it was his first one. It was a banger. I loved it. Yeah, and the title came from Brian yeah. Jung because oh. it was very clickbait. Yeah. And I felt really bad about that. And I also, this is something I want to talk about. I don't yeah. want to become a stock picker on YouTube. Yeah. Like, that's not how I was taught to invest. Mm-hmm. And I definitely DCA still into the index funds. And I felt like that video was a poor representation of my channel 
maybe not the first half where I talk about the metaverse, but the second half where we talk about the ETF and the two investments. Oh man, it's it's the equivalent of like the gambling stuff. You know, uh, yeah, by kind picking of in the a way, yeah. Individual just, I I, I had like to say, I watched that good. video too. I liked it. Okay, like yeah. I think there's an audience for people who want to uh, to try their luck and are just looking for a point in the right direction. Mm. I yeah, I wouldn't. Like for me, I wouldn't make those videos, but I do see the appeal because I watch those videos, and even I, though I don't buy them, but like I find them pushing them to buy the stock. No. I was just like, if you are interested, try this out. I think but that, still that's I think it's thought provoking. I would yeah. listen, as long as you go in and be like, hey, listen, I'm not doing this. I'm buying index fund. But if you're interested, these are this is a yeah. point in the right direction. These are the I, I thought it was so interesting how they're involved in this mm. and just the development of the metaverse. I loved your video. Like I, you. I liked it. I, I saw a lot of other metaverse videos after that and i was like ah, interesting. yeah yeah so you, yeah andre mind yeah how Mark. to be a metaverse millionaire in a year my plan to be I a metaverse was millionaire i mean or something I, like that. Yeah. I have no qualms with that yeah. like i don't care i would continue all. uh okay but you had but it's whatever's trending and yeah. at the time the metaverse, metaverse was like was trending. really trending yeah if there's another subject that comes up at some point i don't see any problems with that as long as you're up front okay yeah thanks appreciate that I still probably will go away from the stock picking thing, but that's fine. yeah, as long as you say that you are just dollar cost averaging into index funds and stuff, but yeah. this is some other stuff you learned on the side, that's yeah. fine. But you're also noticing as the stock market's been plummeting, there has been like disproportionately a lot of negative attention going towards those who have suggested in individual stocks. Whereas mm. Graham, since he's always only shilled index funds is yeah. completely fine during this. That makes sense. So, yeah, but, yeah, it goes two ways. Uh, when everything's going up, I'm the idiot. And when everything's going down, I'm a genius. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. Fair. Mm -hmm. Humphrey, thank you so much for coming for on. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate, appreciate it. it. And uh, glad you enjoyed the coffee. Loved it. And you got to get your free stock down below in the description when you sign up for public using the code Graham. Have you done that yet? I think I, yeah, I think I've done that. Okay, also, good. guys, go check out FTX, our yes. beloved sponsor of this episode. Uh, they're great, guys. No fees whatsoever. 85% less fees than the competitors. <laughs> yeah, I'm not even true. sponsored by FTX. Yeah. Yeah. No, and hundred free dollars of FTX. Up to. Up to. Up to. When, yeah. when, when they do what? When they sign up using our link down below in the description, yeah. depending on how much you trade. Right. Cool. Yeah. And follow cool. me on Instagram, guys. So at Alex guys you guys, thank you so much, and until next time. See you guys later. Cool.